Hello, and welcome to Shattered Lives, an informed, conversational, cutting-edge radio show in touch with today's issues that impact the lives of crime victims, addressing the aftermath of crime, forging a path for hope, building awareness, and empowering listeners for the future. This is Donna Ardwar, a.k.a. Lady Justice, your host, with my co-host, Delilah Jones, president of ImaginePublicity.com, welcoming you to today's show into our library of weekly archive shows. It is our goal to make a difference. Um, and I also want to mention that we are proudly affiliated with the Inside Lens Radio Network. So we are a small network of shows um, that deal with many, many aspects of of crime and authorship and health and wellness and a number of other things. But I could also let um, my co-host and producer Delilah elaborate a little bit on that. Um, we we have a very special guest today, uh, a person that we met um, at the Q Center conference this year, and uh, we're very excited um, to be able to have uh, Chantanelle Howard, who is the mother of Jerrica Laws from Forest Park, Illinois, with us today. But uh, before we introduce her formally, I want to say good morning, Delilah, and uh, uh, happy Memorial Day weekend to you, and thank you so much for doing the show with me today. Good morning. Thanks, Donna. And, you know, you you pretty well covered the bases on the Inside Lens Networks, but we have 700 shows, 700 uh, on a big variety of topics that go go way back but and some of the some of the podcasts that we have on the inside lens network are crime related and they highlight criminal cases and some of those cases are still open investigations just like the one we're speaking about today um mm-hmm. but just to let the audience know it's our te- intent to allow families um or victim survivors to come on to the podcast and present information for consideration by the listeners. Our podcast and the hosts, we we don't represent the guests in any way. We don't claim to solve their cases, and we don't want to jeopardize any open investigations. Um, our guests present their own information, and while we might suggest some resources and assistance, we're not liable for what they do with those suggestions. Well, that's that's very good to know. Um, and, and I think that um, people are always out there looking for uh, a way to build awareness, as we said, in education, and, and to be able to get in touch with resources. And I think we're we're a tool. That's what we are. And I think we, you know, we try to serve families and other people um, in that respect very well. And this is a prime example. So I just wanted to say before uh, Chantanel. Comes on, you know. I'm continually amazed each year that we go to the Q Center conference. We we meet some amazing families, and although they are are thrust into this um, scenario of missing persons and um, maybe uh, other crimes that intersect with with the missing person status, I'm just amazed at the resilience and and their fortitude and perseverance in, in trying to do everything they can 
Um, and at the same time, not, there is no book, there is no manual in how to do this. And I think Chantanelle, um represents um, that, that person very well, but I think she has made some very good strides and has some good information to tell us about her daughter um, today and that's going to inspire other people um, in, in many different realms of life. So with that, uh, Chantinelle, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the Shattered Lives family of, of radio shows. It's, it's a pleasure to have you today. You're welcome and thank you for having me today. Well, like I say, it's our pleasure. And, you know, um, Missing Persons is, is near and dear to our hearts, both the Lyle and I are state coordinators, and, and this is part of what we, we, we can do for people. And, um, uh, you know, um, we heard some of her story um, back in March, but we, we might take a slightly different tack today. And I'd like, you know, would you be able to um, tell us, first of all, d- d- grab Jerrica's place in the family, kind of the joy that she has brought to to you, her personality, some other things, um, to kind of tell us what what she's like as a person. Okay. I'll be sure to do that. Jerrica, um she was one of the middle. She's a. I have six children, and Jerrica was the. Well, she is the. Um, she's the second daughter. Okay, mm-hmm. I have three girls and three boys, so she's the second daughter. Um, Jerrica is very funny. Um, she likes to mimic my grandmother and myself. So she has the whole family in stitches every time we get together. Uh, I usually have where I get the family together for vacation every year. So her, along with my other children, they make me laugh tremendously. Jerrica um, is a kind person. She speaks to everyone. She always has a smile on her face. Uh, she attends church, and she reads her Bible daily. She was a joy or is a joy in our family, and we miss her deeply. We um, wish there was some way that we can find her, actually, and we tried n- numerous things in order to find her. Um, Jerrica liked to walk. She uh, frequent our neighborhood, walked around our neighborhood for exercise because she was trying to keep her uh, health and weight intact. Uh, she often went walking with my daughter, and we lived in a high vegetation area, lots of trees, you know. We lived right in front of a bike trail, uh, that people ride down, skate, or jog, or walk on, or walk their dogs. Um, Jerrica, another thing that I want to bring up to the audience's attention is Jerrica had a severe learning disability or developmental delay. She learned by repetition. If she's taken out of her element, like if she's taken away from home, she wouldn't know how to get back. She wrote everything down like directions, and if I had to send her anywhere new, which didn't happen because I usually drive her, but she did take my daughter to the doctor once for me, and I gave her physical markers. There will be a speedway on your right when you're walking, and then you turn right. She wrote those directions down in order to make it there. She uh, will be easily confused. She can't take the bus. Uh, She didn't drive. Uh, not good with directions at all. 
But overall, she wonderful spirit, loves God, loves church, loves her family, just a beautiful person inside and out. So you're saying she, with you know, whatever she she walked everywhere, um, you know, like within your neighborhood, that was kind of her routine. Yes, that was her routine. They uh, sh- Shania, or did she ride a bike? My younger. No, she walked. She wow. walked. She walked everywhere. She would walk to the Walgreens, which is a little ways away from home. And if my grandmother wanted some chicken, she would walk to get us some chicken at Kentucky Fried Chicken. Um, they would walk uh, in downtown Park Forest, which is a little, maybe about a 25-minute walk from my home. But she was familiar with the area because she was raised there. So she mm-hmm. knew where different things were. Um once she had to take the bus to her um, to see her caseworker, but she was unable to do so, she had to do a phone interview because she's not good with directions, and I still have her handwritten written notes of the directions on what bus to take, where to go, but she, she just, um, her brain doesn't function or process, you know, the same, if you will. I, I don't know how to explain it. You give her a directive, she can only well, not, do two or three steps. Right. Not, right, go ahead. Not um, easily processing multiple directions, maybe Mul- one part direction. Multiple directions. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, Thanks for your assistance. That's that's okay. I, that's what I do for a living, too, <laughs> in terms of helping people <laughs> yes. with disabilities, both in my former career as a speech language pathologist and now. So, yeah, um, I, so I totally understand what you're saying. And life can be very complex. And, and those of us who don't have those challenges just kind of take it, take it for granted that the normal everyday things that we do actually involve multiple steps and multiple levels of processing in our brain. And if we if we have some challenges where, you know, things just kind of don't process, don't connect, they are going to have more difficulties. And But, you know, it's amazing, like you said, it's very good that she was able to use certain compensations like repetition um, and, and writing things down. Those are compensations that work for people. And it sounds like despite her challenges, it sounds like, do you feel as if um, it sounds like you make a very big effort to to include her in everything and that she has had a full life, an active life, despite her challenges, correct? Correct. I, I told Jerrica once she said to me, well, Mom, I just don't learn the way you all learn. It takes me some time. And I um, told Jerrica, I said, that's okay. People learn at different paces. They really do. Right. All you have to do is take one thing at a time, and anything, and I mean anything you set your mind to, you can do. It may take you a little while to catch on, but it's okay. It's okay. People learn at different paces. You will get it, and you can do any anything you set your mind to. Well, that's and and did she did she feel as if uh, that was okay with her and she was kind of content in in doing the things that she was or was she was she easily frustrated or 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 just you know happy with with what she was doing? She was happy, but I would say frustrated, but not in the sense of showing frustration. She would just talk about it and say, "Well, uh-huh. I." What she wanted to do was um, 
she wanted to be an admin, like a secretary. And I said, well, you can learn this by typing on your computer. She knew how to type on her computer. I said, Mm -hmm. and answering the phones, and you will have to multitask. And I would give her specific examples of what was needed in order to do so. But she she wanted, um, of course, she wanted the best for herself, if you will. Um, she just was aware of her challenges, and she capitalized on writing things down and and reading and studying, and that's how she remembered, and that's mm-hmm. what I taught her. I mean, when she was in high school, she was in special education, and what I did was I had to color coordinate her books and her folders, her binders that she would use so she would know um, take this book and take this folder. They go together to this class, and we would do a dry run of her class schedule and determine, like, what book she would take at what time so she wouldn't be late for a class, which she often was, because mm-hmm. she would forget, like, where they were. And once she figured it out, of course, the school, you know, you change schedules so often. In the school year, they would change, and we would have to go through the same process again. But right, it was so best you, for Jerrica that things were in the same place, like she put her shoes in the same spot, her coat in the same spot, because if it wasn't, she would think she would lost, you would have lost them. But they were actually there, just in a different spot. Right. So sounds like you developed some good organizational skills for her and consistency and whatnot. So, you know that that that's. That's great. So with all of that and all of the things that, that kind of came naturally to assist her, maybe this is a good time to kind of set up the circumstances of what happened dur- during that day. Now, um, on uh, August 17, 2015, was it a typical day? What, and, and, you know, what were the circumstances in terms of how she went missing? Well, I went to work August the 17th, but that's when I went to the police station because um, I came home and my grandkids came with their mom and something said call Jerrica. So I called her as they were, you know, once I got home and they came and I couldn't reach her. So I began texting, where are you, where are you, where are you, and didn't get a response. And that's unlike her. Jerrica doesn't just go missing. She doesn't spend the night out. She doesn't. She lets someone know where she is at all times. And she wasn't one to just leave, you know, and and hang out all night without leaving a a trail of where she was going. Um, My neighbors said they saw her walking, um, and both neighbors across the street and one down the street, they're the ones who gave me the description of the clothing that she may have been wearing the day she disappeared. They said they saw her, which they would see her all the time walking, um, and they said she was headed towards, like, the store. We have two community stores in our area, and they pointed into the direction of the store, which she used to go to a lot, both her and my younger daughter. Um I went to the police station, of course, to report it uh, when she didn't return home. And um, my grandmother said, well, I, I, I saw her leave, but she didn't come back. And that's pretty much all that I know, that she left mm-hmm. from my home and was headed into the direction of one of the stores, the Quick Mart, and she never made it home. So and it was, so it was, it was just a very... It was a very typical 
trip for her, a very typical day in that she knew where she was going. She knew how to get there, and she knew how to get back. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. So from there, that's all I have. I, I don't know. I know from my neighbors what she had on. My grandmother said she did see her, and so did my youngest daughter, but that's all I had. Was was this a work day or a weekend day that this occurred? A work day. A work day. And so if she went to this quick mart, like a convenience store, right, would she, like, bring a list of things she wanted to buy? Mm, Now that I don't know the question to. I think she knew what I would say is that she knew the store so well that she would just go and buy what she wanted. She would just go. So you, so you didn't find any kind of a list with three or four things that she wrote down that she wanted to buy that day or anything, no. right? Right. No. I didn't find a list or anything. However, um, a lot of her notes, she had a lot of them in her bedroom, the detectives have. So I'm not sure if they have a list you know, in the number of items that they took from the home. They took, like, her, what she wrote in, the, the um, I call it a planner. They have all of that. And I have a few notes that were, were left behind, but they have majority of everything that she wrote. Let's see. So it's, um you know, sort of like a journal or, or things that she did during right. the various days, and she would write, write, in that, write in that planner every day, maybe? Yeah, she had a devotional journal, and she had, um, like, she would call, like, this prayer line, and she wrote, like, uh, her plans down, her financial goals, her career goals, and um, she was volunteering at the church for, uh, they did a backpack drive for children returning back to school. So I found a lot of notes of people that she contacted for, the church in order to to solicit donations for these backpacks and mm-hmm. um but she wrote things like over and over again um, i I just don't have everything because I have some things that she wrote down the other things uh the detectives have mm-hmm. what kind of what kind of things are you are you saying just list a bit list of things to do or people's names and numbers for this backpack project? Is that what you mean? Mm-hmm. She had notes about everything. Like if she had an appointment, she, like I'm reading one of her notes that I copied and gave to the detective. She said this Sunday she was going to church with a friend. She said at 11 a.m. to 10 a.m., be ready. She's going with Dorian. Then she had April 15th, she had a block party event. Then she wrote down, um, she was listening to a uh, prophet. So she would write down inspirational things that she learned from the call that she had with him. So she had Bible notes and, and Bible study notes and stuff like that. Right. Wow. It sounds like she used that as a compensation for many things. Um, were there other people that you have learned since in the area that, you know, have gone missing or, uh, you know, perpetrators that that the police have have looked into in, during the passage of time in your geographic area? Is there anything with regard to that angle? 
Well, yes, there's one young lady that's missing that I know of, and I know that there are a couple in Richmond Park that's in a different community. We live in Park Forest. But um, Riston Park, we live in an area where if you cross the street, you may be in a different town. And if you go another way, north or east or west or south, you, you're you in another town. They're really close together oh, okay. in geographics. Right. So um, there's another young lady that's missed, and she's a little older than Jerrica, and her name is Brenda Jackson. Um, actually, since you brought that up, I was just talking to some friends last week, Saturday, and I was sharing with them that I wanted to do something different than I've been doing in the past. We normally, on the anniversary of Jerrica's disappearance, we pass out flyers, wear our T-shirts, light lanterns, or release balloons. And I was just sharing with them that I have to do more. I need to educate my community on what's going on in the community and bring awareness to the people that's missing. And Brenda Jackson is one lady that's missing. She went missing in January of 2016, and Jerrica went missing in August of 2015. So actually, I was just able to speak to Miss Gonzalez, which is Brenda's mom, and I was telling her of my idea of somehow having some type of missing person event, and I know it's short notice, but I want to do it by August the 18th because that's the Saturday after the marked anniversary, but I'm praying that Jerrica would be home by August. It would be a blessing if she would be. But um, if she is and I, I'm going to, what I'm doing with friends is, is trying to get together where we host a missing person event we don't have the final details. We haven't secured the location yet, but the goal is to have everything set up by August the 18th and maybe have something in the local area of Park Forest, either the park district or the town hall. My goal is to contact the mayor. I have to contact the mayor, and we're going to do research behind to see what people or who is missing in the towns that touch mine. Park Forest is is in the middle, per se. That's what we're going to use as our starting point. But Chicago Heights, Olympia Fields, Richardson Park, Flossmoor, um, Matson are our bordering communities in Glenwood. So each of us are tasked with finding out who's missing in those areas and trying to get in contact with the families to see if they will be willing to share their story with the community and also heighten the awareness around missing people at the same time. Wow, that, that that sounds like a wonderful plan. And since you described geographically where you are and that there's sort of multiple jurisdictions, have you um, – is this case being worked on by, you know, the uh, multiple jurisdictions since you cross the street and you're in a different area, that kind of thing? Yes, each jurisdiction is its own. So my area is Park Forest. I don't think there is any uh, collaborative efforts at all. Each one is working independently. And Uh that's one of my, that's what I'm tasked with is somehow bridging the gap. Maybe it's something that's going on in our area that they need to work together to find a solution. I'm not I know that there's two missing people. I don't know the cases surrounding, you know, the information surrounding their cases, but there's two in Richmond Park that I know of as well. 
mm-hmm. and it's two in my area. My daughter and Miss uh, Brenda Jackson are missing. Um, Chicago Heights, I believe, had one young man missing as well. So I want to kind of do some research to see who is with missing, the timeline, and reach out because I do have the detective's information and get in contact with him to reach out to him and see if there's some way that they can collaborate or pull together the efforts, you know, if they see that it's beneficial, you know, because cases, each one is separate in its own, you know what I mean. And, and they right. may, may not, this may not be something they, they are able to do, but I'm going to try. Well, to I, I think it's. Look at it from that perspective. Absolutely. And I, I think it's sometimes, and it depends on the particular department, sometimes they can be territorial in terms of, well, this is our case. And some some are very good about being collaborative and working together and others are not. But I think if you if it's from the standpoint of we're holding this event and this may assist with other cases, maybe they would be, um, you know, more um, receptive to it. Delilah, we've had this occur in many cases that we've heard about, correct, and how people have to kind of overcome that thing of, you know, police departments working together, collaborate, right? Oh, yes, and and it's not just in, in missing persons cases or oh, no. or things like that. And it's, you know, I've talked to many experts over the years, and they run into the same thing when they're trying to get a DNA match or or trying to work on a cold case. They, they run into the same thing is the fact that mm-hmm. you can get a lot of information from this department, this one's not talking or they don't want to trade information. And that does become problematic in, in trying to solve these cases. And, and especially with a missing person case where time is of the essence, um, you know, you have to yeah. move very quickly in these cases. So, you know, it's something I, I have no clue how to make a change in that area throughout the country, but I would wish that somehow it could be done. Yeah, it, it's so needed. I mean, I, I I think it's definitely worth the try to approach each, each and every captain in those, in those jurisdictions that are surrounding Forest Park and say, listen, um, I need your help. We're holding this event. There, there's other missing persons involved. Could we come together? And this, you know, I would think that the greater good is solving these cases. And if we, if you, if we could work together, um, you know, this, yeah. this this could be a good thing. And and put aside any kind of territorial issues. And you know, um, you know, we just have Adana, to. And, yeah. I'm sorry. It's actually Park Forest. Forest I'm Park sorry. is on the north. It's on the west side, and I just want to, you know, make oh, sure that okay. we highlight that it's Park Forest, I, not Par- Forest Park, because there's two de- different areas. <laughs> That's so there's okay. Forest Park and Park Forest. Okay. Yes, oh. but it's Park Forest that we're talking about. Yeah. Park Forest. Okay. Yeah, I I think that 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 would be very very um, important in terms of trying to get others. And I know that from in the past when we spoke with Liz Gonzalez, for example, she, you know, just by Googling, she found, you know, uh, other people's cases with, with regard to that. I mean, um, 
sometimes the internet research pays off in terms of who who mm-hmm. has been missing, but hopefully um by you know by personal visits and whatnot um that that may help and could you explain to our listening audience who may not have been at the q center conference i was impressed um chantanelle about what your what your employer did and how they assisted oh wow yes i don't mind elaborating um i work for the electric utility company here in Illinois, well, here in um, Chicago or the Chicago land area of ComEd. And um, when Jerrica went missing, the president of ComEd actually called me, very kind. Oh, I love her to death. Um, and she told me that and, and said anything that they can do, just let her know and reach out to her. So, I reached out to her several times, and she was instrumental in getting uh, bill inserts into all of the utility bills with Jerrica's information on it. And as a result of that, they plan on doing other bill inserts for other missing people. She was also instrumental in getting billboards placed along different expressways with Jerrica's information, along with Clear Channel, who agreed to do the billboards for free. Um, she conducted, she actually was instrumental in getting me in touch with Q. That's wow. how I was able to find Monica and a Community United Effort, and that's how that search that the Community United Effort did for me and my family occurred was because of ComEd and Ann assisting. Yes. Wow. I just think that that's total. That's so awesome. Are they continuing to assist in some of those ways even now, um, like the bill inserts and those kinds of things? Absolutely. She was able to get me media coverage as well who, um, from Channel 2, um, and anything that I come up with, she said she would assist. Anything well, that I need help with, she said she would assist in any way possible. She had, um, you know, formal FBI agents that actually worked for her. So they they partnered with Park Forest Police Department. I don't know really the efforts on the inside because I'm not of law enforcement, and I don't think, you know, that I – well, I wasn't privy to the information, but they did collaborate with the Park Forest Police Department as well. Right. Well, I definitely think that as maybe for your event too, as a corporate sponsor or whatever, that 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 is so valuable that an employer will will, will go to those lengths. And you know, I commend them. They sound like a great company right. to work for. You know, really. Yeah. Um, what, what is the what another is the, thing? Go oh. ahead. Go ahead. No, I wanted to. Uh, Q um, Community United Effort has a book. Um, on how to find it's it's really for children. It's like a little coloring book in case they get quote unquote lost. Right. And I was going to reach out to the the founder um, to see if I would be able to get some of these books, so that if we have children that attend the events, we can go through this book. It's like a coloring book to educate them. You know, if you hear dogs, right, called just safe and people found. looking for you, safe and found. And I want to incorporate that if I could in my missing persons event. I think that would be, I think that would be great. Uh, it, you know, a prime opportunity. Um, 
yeah, we I'm sure that you could do that. I I could also put that up. I've done a I've done a blog with regard to that and and who um you know besides Monica who was responsible in helping her create that and I know that they've done a lot with schools and and churches groups and whatnot. So yeah, I I think that is a a wonderful um tool especially if you're going to track families with children and uh yes, that's great. Um, I was going to ask, um, what is, from law enforcement's perspective, and then what, from your perspective and your family's perspective, what is the working theory about what may have happened to Jerrica at this point in time? Well, from the law enforcement standpoint, I don't think there's anything definite as to what happened to her. Um I can tell you when I first went in to report her missing, um, the detective stated that she's an adult, that she's able to leave. Uh, but I explained and I was Explained really, about her um, special needs, right? Special needs. And I said she would not leave. I was um, probably... I would say very persistent. I, I went back to the station several times to say she's not home, and I even called. So I, I really, I I don't know. I don't, from the family perspective, I, I just don't know. I don't know. I, I don't feel or I know that she wouldn't just leave and not tell anyone that she was leaving. I, she, in my eyes, I believe she may have been abducted may, mm-hmm. because she wouldn't just leave. She always keep a trail of where she's going. She mm-hmm. wouldn't just leave without letting anyone know. That's not her. That's could not she, her. Could she have met someone in the store and somebody that approached her that appeared kind? And what, how was she with regard to, to strangers? Did she have that? sort of stranger danger knowledge that I don't just go and volunteer information or whatever. How how did she approach people that she didn't know or or if they approached her? Well she was very friendly and was you know, she would say, Hi, I'm Jerrica, how are you? Have a nice day but I don't think she would go with anyone that she did not know. If she went with anyone it had to be someone she encountered before. That she might have known. That she may have known. Yeah. Um, did Does she have a, a particular circle of friends beyond family? Well, she had church friends as well or neighborhood friends? or Yes. Yes, she had a, a small group of friends, and the detective spoke with each one of them. But one of them does stand out to me because uh, right before she went missing that Sunday, she went to Chipotle with one of her friends. And he brought her home. Um, they're just friends from high school, but I haven't heard from him since she disappeared but once. And um, this is actually, it came to me as I was reading my devotional just about a week ago, and I'm like, wait a minute, I haven't heard from him. So I'm waiting. I have to re- reach out to the detective again, but I'm, I know he interviewed him in the initial stage of her disappearing because mm-hmm. they interviewed all of her friends, every last one of them. Yeah. 
Did she have a boyfriend? No, she did not. Okay. Not that I'm aware. I know everyone says she's 24, but she is really heavily into her Bible and her faith. She was waiting until she was married, and as far as I know, and speaking to my other children, she did not have anyone she was interested in as a mate. Mhm. Yeah, it just makes it all sound more, you know, very mysterious and and yeah. so um from the evidence evidentiary standpoint, is there anything is there anything physical that they that that they could latch onto that they found or that they're looking into? That Not you're that aware? I'm aware of. Mm-mm. Nothing that I'm aware of, but not that I'm aware of. I don't mm-hmm. know. I haven't been privy to any information as to the evidence they collected. Maybe they thought it was foul play or anything. I haven't heard that from the detective at all. Yeah. Um, what What has been? Um, ha, has it been a um, a good relationship with law enforcement, or and ha, have have they? change staff over time or has it been the initial investigators um you know since this occurred what what has been the dynamics with working with law enforcement has it been positive experience for you after that initial i know she's missing pay attention well i would say it has been both there are times where we talk to each other quite often and then there's other times where we don't um that we have changed. The same detective has been working the case since the case has, was opened. So mm-hmm. he's been on the case the full time, along with the other young lady that's missing as well. Um, sometimes I'm trying to be really careful in my, you know, sometimes I get a response, other times I don't, but I'll send an email. Just as recently I sent an email to get follow-up items Um, um follow-up, I wanted answers to the items that I gave to him before to do, and I was assured that these things were done as, you know, like a couple of weeks ago. So Mm -hmm. um, I've escalated my concerns, and they have been responsive, but there was a shift. Um, There's a new deputy chief commander, and there's also a new chief of police. And have you met that? Yes, the other. I haven't physically met them, but I corresponded with them via email. Mm-hmm. And what is your feeling with the change of staff? Do you feel like these, these, the the new, the change of guard is going to be receptive and helpful? Do you have any sense of it? Mm. Well, I can say that they responded to a couple of emails that I sent. I'm still waiting on a response. It's been about uh-huh. a week. For the yeah. last one, um, I, I, I really don't know. I really yeah. don't know. Yeah. But from what they've been telling you, uh, are they saying that this is still an active case in their eyes and they're, they're actively working it? Um, is, is, that, is that what they're telling you? Yes. I was told that it was an active and open case that they're still working the case, that it still sits at that detective's desk, 
and he spent countless hours. Um, mm-hmm. The new chief, deputy chief, and the chief of police are aware of what's, you know, of Jerrica's case. They were briefed on it, and um, they're still working on the case is what I'm told. And I had a few follow-up items, and uh, I'm ha- I was happy to hear that those items have definitely been um, those things that I asked them to do that they did them. Um, but I did have to escalate in order to sure. get some type of response. Yes, sure. I think we all do, and we're we're having to self-advocate. You as because um, the. Detective, you had mentioned, um, is also working on, on the case for um, Ms. Jackson. Um, is there any theory about the two possibly being related in terms of perpetrators or whatever? Well, I was told initially when I found out that Brenda Jackson had gone missing, I called the detective that's on my case, and he said the cases were not related. They they I don't, don't know think how they he are. knows that they they don't think they're related. They so he has that. probably facts that I'm unaware of to say that they're sure. not related. But okay. I, I we live literally. If it 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 may have be a five minute drive. So it was Is very right? concerning to me. Yeah, to see that this other young lady was missing, and we didn't live far from each other hmm. at all. Yeah, but you said he reassured said, me that the cases aren't related. Okay, well, I I guess they they have their reasons for telling you that, so I guess we have to go with that. Um, what what has been your uh, up up to now? Now this has been you know going on three years. What keeps what keeps you going um, with your pursuit, and what has been your your biggest challenge to, um, up up right now, as opposed to in the beginning? Um, what keeps me going, really, Donna, is my other children. Um, God and prayer. Prayer is at the top of my list. God is too, because I wouldn't be able to do any of this, but. And the the fact that I, I'm Jerrica's voice, she's not here, and I'm her advocate. So I have to stay on the police if need be. I need to keep this this her story in the forefront in whatever way, whatever capacity that I can. Um, my family is torn down behind this, and, and including me. But my thought is this, Donna. I don't know why this happened to me, and I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. I really wouldn't. It hurts like it hurts so bad. But I think there is, I know there is something good that's going to come from this. If that means me helping another family get through something as tragic as this, then that's what I'm supposed to do. So I, I can't give up. I, I Every day is this reality of my child is missing. Every day is a struggle to live, and I just take every second, every minute, every hour, every day at a time. I really do. I pray. I cry every day. It hurts every day. It doesn't go away because I I wonder if she's sick, if she's well, if she's cold, if she's hot, if they're treating her good, if they're not. Where is she? And this world is so big that you don't really know where to begin to look for anyone. 
you it's it's just huge. I, I find myself driving along and looking in trees, you know, slowing down so I can see do I see anything when the trees are bare. I, I find myself walking in my area just, just checking things out or making sure I pay attention. So the reality of it is it hurts, and it, 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 it hurts everyone that's involved, even if they're not family members. Any way that you to me or any of my family members, it's going to affect you as well. So, no, it's not easy. It's not easy at all, but my thought is, and I, this is it, I'm not giving up, and I will not stop. If some idea comes to mind, I might think it's something that cannot be done, but I have a lot of friends and a lot of family and a lot of supporters that will help me to to make my thought into a reality or make it happen. So I, it hurts. I can't tell you. It just does. But I have other children that are really um, not doing so well, and you know, and I have to keep them uplifted. You know, I have to keep going. I have to keep pressing on. I have to be Jerrica's voice. I have to do what I have to do. I don't care. Every time I go to the police, I, I have a follow-up item just so they know I'm here. I'm not going away, and we need to find my baby. Good for you. That's exactly the attitude we need to have. And I know it's it's so very impactful on the entire family. And, you know, it, it really, really is, and you try to – give attention to, to your other children. And, uh, I mean, that must be so hard to kind of juggle all that and feel like you're doing uh, justice to Jerrica. You know, I just, I, I have tremendous admiration and respect for what you're, you're going through. My, my dad was missing for just a short time before he, he was murdered, but I do remember how intense oh. that was. So, you know, um, it, it, it is, it's just, it's overwhelming. Um, I, I would like to know, and just so that other people who are listening who may not be affiliated with the Q Center, um, uh, what were your initial impressions with coming into the Q Center, um, both interacting with Monica and her staff and, and also with the conference? Can you relate some of that as a new person coming in? Oh, yeah, I sure can. Um, my first, uh, yes, no problem. My first year, uh, my employer actually found this organization, and um, I was sent, and me and my husband, to the conference. Um, I didn't know what to expect. And to be honest with you, the first year, I cried and cried the whole time. I walked in this room, Donna and Delilah, with all these people that had the same issue as me. I couldn't believe how this affects so many. And it was just so overwhelming to see all these people in this room, or these rooms because they opened the rooms up, who had people that were missing in the family. The warmth, the the welcoming, the, oh, it was just, oh, it's tremendous. I'm I say I had a host family. I sat at a table with a family who embraced me and my husband, and they would hold me when I was crying and rub my back and and encourage me to keep going. I mean, in the conference, I learned so much. I learned about other organizations or websites that I can put Jericho on to get her information out to so it could be more widespread. 
I learned mm-hmm. about what to do um, in in certain instances or what questions to ask of the police. I, I learned uh, what is done when people are go missing and how they search for them, what they what tools they utilize. They even had police officers and FBI agents speak about cases that they were on, and they expressed how they would never give up and the things that they did in order to find who, the, you know, to come up with the out, find a solution in a particular case. Um, they had uh, classes about um, sex trafficking, pretty much how to cope. Um, they had a class that told me and it showed me in the face how I was grieving, like grief-stricken, and um, I may not be able to get out of bed and and dealing with depression and and, and all of these different feelings. And it even, this class showed me my children, each one of them, what they were going going through. Um, they talked about how people may result to alcoholism or drug addiction as a result of having a family person missing. Um, I did an interview actually last year and this year um, on Jerrica's case to bring awareness, and then they had all those posters in the back of the flyers of all these people that were missing with their information. Um, they gave me ideas on different ways, like uh, getting those armbands with the uh, information of Jericho's on there. I even got an idea of the magnets. I had magnets placed on the car, actually, of her information. Um, that, this year I saw where a water bottle was wrapped, one of the missing person's information on it, and I'm going to use that this year. I hope they don't mind. I'm sure they do Yeah, don't. that's a great idea. I think Liz has yeah. had that for her event, right? Yeah. Yes, and I mean, and then to, and this year, Liz happened to be, I'll call it my new host family. I consider Q and everyone in that building as family, and that's how I address them. I actually spoke at the Victims Hour this year and shared what I've done and shared about Jerrica, shared about her case and pretty much what our family is going through. But I just learned so much that it was, I cried. I'm telling you, the first year I just cried the whole time because I just could not believe that all these families were going through what I was going through. Or some had already, you know, their family was recovered or what have you in the case. Um, It was just, it's an amazing event. Both educational, resourceful, you're able to, that's how I met you. To do this mm-hmm. podcast, you Absolutely. know, I mean, it opens up doors and other avenues to get your message about your missing loved one out. Um, it's wonderful. I I can't. And then Monica and the Q team. My my um person is Dave. Oh my God, Dave still calls me to today, and they told me, and I know that their family they would not give up looking for my baby. They told me they traveled hours to get here. I mean, like probably days. I think it took them a couple of days because they stopped. And then they right. stayed here. We ate dinner and lunch, and, and they looked for my daughter. I mean, it, I couldn't ask for for anything else. It, the event is just a magnificent event. I would encourage even people who don't have missing people to come because it will help in some kind of way. 
It will. And the one thing I left with was the inspiration and the determination. Don't give up. Keep going. We understand what you're going through, but it's it's my job to find my baby. It is. That I mean. Well, as a mother, get, uh, as a mother, you're doing everything possible, and yes, yes, it is your job. But with a lot of with with a lot of help from the, good people, and you know, I just yes, Delilah, to hear this resounding testimonial really does my heart good because you, you see what an impact. Um, Monica's organization has made just on this one family, and you multiply it by the thousands of families. What what, what comes to your mind when you hear Chantanel say these things? Oh yeah, it definitely warms my heart. I I can't even count how many conferences I've been to now, but every year, like like you said, Chantanel, you will find a new family member. You will have a new group. You you. Interact with different people, and every year you grow, and every year something new comes out that maybe you hadn't heard before, and different ways to do things. But I think you have done a tremendous job of letting our listeners and our audiences know what it feels like to have a missing person in your life, and I I can't hit that home hard enough because it can happen to anybody. It can happen to you. It can happen to me. And we can't go through our lives waiting for it to happen. But if it does happen, you have to kind of know what to do about it. And that's where the disconnect comes. So many people out there don't know what to do. They don't know who to call. They don't know how to handle the situation. And this is where if they know about Q and they can step in and guide you and, and Mm -hmm. advocate for you and do those things. And I think you've also let us know, how important answers are. It could be something that's very inconsequential to maybe the detective working the case or or someone else, but you have questions, and every single one of your questions deserves an answer. That's how important it is. You deserve an answer for everything you question. And And um, communication and respect. Right. You know, As, and, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I I hope, no, you know, no matter what the outcome with uh, Jerrica's case is, that you will always come back. Um, yeah. I I think, you know, it, it's it's just such an important time. I don't have a missing person in my life. I'm one of those people you were talking about earlier. But I go every year because it means so much to me to to mm-hmm. be able to give whatever it is I have to give to to the families and to people like you. It's very important to me. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Delilah. I I, yeah, I think this has been oh, you're welcome. I think this is it's it's been wonderful to be able to hear that. This is so important. This is what people need so that other others will think of volunteering, perhaps donating, perhaps in the future becoming a state coordinator. And who knows, I, I think even even beyond um, Jerrica's case, 
um, I think from the sound of it, we will continue to see you in in some way, shape, or form in in helping other people because you sound like that kind of person. And, you know, I just wanted to ask, we've got about three minutes left or so. You know, this, this is a holiday weekend, and holidays are very hard for people that have any kind of um, crime happen in their family. And it sometimes these are the hardest times. But just was curious in terms of uh, how since this, how, how do you spend holidays? What do you do? And what, what is most meaningful to you beyond, you know, attending church and whatnot? Do you do something with re, and special with all holidays since uh, Jerrica has become missing? Actually, I do the exact opposite. Holidays are um, the worst time for me. And mm-hmm. particularly, I can say a family vacation because my son is in the Army and I had another son in Ohio who is now home as a result of Jerrica going missing. But I used to have to coordinate our schedules to get us together to go on family vacation. And we haven't had a family vacation since 2015. We had just come back. Uh, We went June 26th through July 1st on vacation. And um, I haven't scheduled one since. And my son, and they are asking, well, when are we going to do another family vacation? I said, well, I'll look into it, and I, I, I do all, I do look into it, but I can't bring myself to have one without Jerrica being here because mm-hmm. I always got all of my children together, and now I'm missing a piece. And I know it's something that my family needs, but it's very difficult for me to do. My right. first holiday, everyone was here for Thanksgiving, and the mm-hmm. only thing I did was cry because right. I miss Saint. Something I need her here with me. So holidays are particularly hard, but honestly, to, tomorrow I plan to cook for my family, and I'll spend okay. some time with them. But it's it's a, it's struggle. We all struggle doing holidays, birthdays. My daughter's birthday is coming up, and last year we were out of. I mean, in 2015, we was out of town for her birthday, and she has really a hard time for her birthday each year. Right. Every year she's, she has a hard time because either we were out of town for her birthday or Jerrica's birthday. And then Jerrica always calls or, you know, gives us the most beautiful card for our birthdays, and we're missing that. We of are course you that. are. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I just wanted to suggest maybe instead of you being the cruise director for a, a a vacation, if your family members are requiring it, maybe somebody else can listening to this, and your family can step up and take on that role. If you can't bring yourself to do it, that maybe they can step in and do that part of it. And maybe because we all need to step back from these situations and try to have a little joy, you know, even if it's just mm-hmm. temporary, Chantanel. Because you deserve that. You really do. If somebody else can help and. Do that part of it. I'm just throwing that out there as a suggestion. And the holidays are hard for my family, too. So I just wanted to put that out there so that people know as well as part of our educational process here. So whatever we can do, whatever I can do, 
um, if you'd like to do another show, if you want some promotion with regard to your upcoming event, please, please do keep in touch with me because you are you are special to me. And I thank you so much. I feel blessed for having you appear on our show and for meeting you in March. So let's just let's just keep in touch, okay? Yes, we will. Okay. Well, uh, thank you again so much. And uh, Delilah, you have any parting words before we sign off? Just that we thank you so much for being here and and laying your heart bare. It, and I know how hurtful it is, but you have the courage, you have the strength because you have a great support system. And thank yes, you so thank much. You. Thank you so much. You're you're welcome. And for everyone, please be sure to contact the Park Force Police 708-748-1309 or the Q Center 24-hour tip line 910-232-1687. If you have any information whatsoever. So, thank you so much, everyone. Uh, until next time, enjoy your holiday if you can. And we'll see you on the next edition of Shattered Wyatt's Radio, part of the Inside Lens Network. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You're welcome. Okay. Bye.